0: Now that you're here at grief to growth I'd like to ask you to do three things. The first thing is to make sure that you like, click notifications, and subscribe to make sure you get updates from my YouTube channel. Also, if you'd like to support me financially, you can support me through my tip jar at Grief2Growth.com. It's Grief2Growth.com slash tip jar, or look for tip jar at the very top of the page, or buy me a coffee at the very bottom of the page, and you can make a small financial contribution. The third thing I'd like to ask is to make sure you share this with a friend through all your social media Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Thanks for being here. Close your eyes and imagine. What if the things in life that cause us the greatest pain, the things that bring us grief, are challenges? Challenges designed to help us grow to ultimately become what we were always meant to be. We feel like we've been buried, but what if, like a seed, We've been planted. And having been planted, we grow to become a mighty tree. Now, open your eyes. Open your eyes to this way of viewing life. Come with me as we explore your true, infinite, eternal nature. This is Grief to Growth, and I am your host, Brian Smith. Uh, hi everybody this is brian back with another episode of brief to growth today i've got with me a very special guest as always but her name is celine o'Donovan and celine is a native of salt hill galway and if you're like i am you don't know where that is but it's in ireland uh she following an international career in marketing for over 25 years she's now a published author uh, and the change in direction was accelerated by personal lessons that she learned after her diagnosis with breast cancer in 2016 and its aftermath Now, her message is nothing happens by chance, and all life events are sent to spur spiritual growth and enable us to fulfill our individual gifts. This reframing of how we see our lives now shapes her writing. Her mission is to create personal and practical epiphany moments that allow her readers to discover this for themselves. Themes of creative expression, authenticity, and personal sovereignty are explored through through her personal journey that was prompted by her cancer experience. So with that, I want to welcome to Grief to Growth, Selena Donovan.
2: Hi, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. Glad yeah.
0: to be. Yeah, to it's be really here. good. Really good to meet you. We're just talking where we're, we're uh, you're in Ireland, uh, which you got you guys have St. Patrick's Day coming up. I'm in in Ohio. Uh, it's a pretty big day here too, and, and springs in the air, so it's a it's a really great time to be to be doing this and talking about you know your your personal journey and how you kind of had this renewal. Uh, that was mm-hmm. prompted by, by your cancer experience. So start wherever you like and tell me your, you know, what, what led you to, to the point where you are now?
2: Ooh, that's um, okay. What I'll, the way I'll describe it, because I, I, I sort of divided up often into my life pre breast cancer and my mm. life after, because the only way I can describe it is, it's really like a rebirth. It's, um, and it's it's been a process, you know, I, it's still unfolding every time I think I've got to somewhere in this. And, you know, I know something. I go, Oh, wow. And it's something else is revealed. And that's the wonder of this. You're sort of going deeper and deeper. It feels into it. So, yeah, I just maybe take give a little sense of what my life was like and who I was before it. And then what yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah, I I grew up in in, in Galway, in Ireland. I'm a middle child of a brother and a sister. Um, I thought about this a little bit recently because I launched my book at a creatives retreat that I just mentioned to you there on the west coast of Ireland a couple of weeks ago. And how I broke my story down or explain it. um, I don't know if you remember the TV show Born Free, do you, or the movie? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, The couple,
2: Joy Adamson and her husband. And I was thinking about that TV show. Now this might sound like I'm going off a little bit, but it it just really parallels with my own life story. So I was preparing to speak at that event and the the, the theme of it was all about personal expressions of freedom and what does it mean to be free. And as I was thinking about it, I remembered back to that TV show and I was about six or seven and I just remembered this joy when I watched it. I felt so free inside and I Hadn't connected with that. I'm now 54. So that was a long time ago. And I went back and I watched a trailer again on YouTube and I felt the same feeling. I said, wow, what is that? That wasn't just the show and what they were doing. You know, they, re- they basically, for any one of your listeners who hasn't heard or seen it, they rescue a lion cub whose mother's. Die. so this lion cub is born free they bring her in and they domesticate her so she lives with them domesticated and after a number of years they realize this isn't very fair she's a wild animal of free spirit she needs to be set free but they have to prepare her to return to the wild and live free again Mm -hmm. and I read that and I went wow that feels like my life story that sort of feels like where I've been that as A very young child, I've very, very strong memories of being very connected to something much bigger than myself. Hmm. Um, And it's only now I'm beginning to see what was going on because I had... I was very chatty as a very young child and I can have a memory of an awful lot of information or words coming through. I just couldn't stop talking mm-hmm. and um, and everybody. But that became something like, oh, we need to get her to go to elocution and slow her down. So there was all these just within the systems that we live in sort of saying, no, no, it's not good to be talking all the time. But I didn't know how to regulate whatever was coming in. It was just this joy and talking, talking, talking. Um so I so that was that was early me. And then I started to suppress that voice because it started to become, you know, this isn't really acceptable in normal everyday life to be nonstop talking. And um and also I was quite emotional as a child. So a lot of emotion going on. I could feel a lot around me, I could feel a lot in my family. And again, the world I sort of came into that wasn't really you know, uh, let's say, not accepted, but it was just, it wasn't, I I learned that I had to, 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 for my safety or my sense of well-being, I needed to keep my voice sort of quiet, and I needed to keep my emotions in. Now, that was all unconscious, but it's only as I, check back. I also then had my tonsils taken out as a very young child when I was two. There was a lot of trauma with that. And that's all connected with the voice, you know, the throat chakra. When you look at it, I had night terrors for about a month after that, my mother said. So little piece, piece by piece, I just started to go, Okay, something happened at a very young age. We are all born. I really believe that. And no, we're very connected to where we came from our source, from God, whatever that is for you, whatever anyone, you know, your true nature. And the systems and the world that we come into often um doesn't let's say nurture that off you know not always in some cases maybe um so i we all learn we go into family systems education systems work systems and we take on this role that's how my understanding so i took on this role in the world which was i need to keep my voice down i need to keep my emotions in i need to behave a certain way in my family to fit in i'll you know I have to fit into a certain job and it became a pattern. Now I was unconscious. I had a quite nice life and I was going along, but I often felt, I don't, I never felt I really fit in. There was something not, it was always an effort, always an effort. And I, to anyone looking in from the outside, my life probably looked great. Like if we all look at each other, nobody knows what's going on behind. So I went, continued on with my life. And then I had a, a, I suppose, my first big blow or you know, I, I loved the title of your podcast, Grief to Growth, because I thought about what was the grief and cancer wasn't the grief in my life. It was my life before cancer was the grief. Mm-hmm. And um, even when I say that now, it's very emotional. You know, it's sort of connecting in that something was that I can connect into that young child, something that sort of was cut very early. And um, so there was a sad, there was sort of a sadness always going on behind that. And mm-hmm. um, but I went on with my life. Lovely. And then at the, I um, I lived in Galway, went to college, studied marketing. Then I moved to the capital on the east coast of Ireland in my early 20s, got a job in a big bank, corporate life, met my best friend there, met my future husband there. Two people who are now, you know, um, very soul people in my life, like mm-hmm. soul relationships. And um, when I met my husband, it was like that was the first meeting of someone who ever truly saw me. It was just we both always say it was just this. Boom, such a soul, it was beautiful. Um, like we both saw light when we saw each other. Like you talked about the light with your daughter. We both, it was only afterwards we said it, you know, we sensed it off each other. We didn't really understand, you know, as a 20, 21 year old, you don't really understand what's going on. So we really connected. We ended up getting married. And then the, the tragic thing was we we ended up splitting up because he ended up being gay and he came mm. out as gay. He hadn't bullied. So that sunk us both into. I think um, that's where the grief really started to show its uh, itself in my life, and I think in his. But we both know we came to to each other for that purpose to set us on this path that we would find ourselves again. Mm. And it's it, it's interesting in that journey we are now you know so connected again on a very different level but on a soul level and and I describe it as we both say it's a love that goes beyond time and space and that that's what it's always felt but we didn't know it you know as a young person you don't understand what to do with this so you assume you get married so that as you know that was what you know that's the, the next steps and and I suppose we we were in that but it was beautiful but it was awfully tragic as well because to meet someone the first person who really sees you and gets you on that level and then to have it just torn from you about a few years later was just so I went on my own I suppose um path of into the darkness really for a number of years many people mightn't have seen it but I I buried everything I buried the pain so I talk about the grief that you talk about that grief you know was there from a young age and it just exploded in me but um and I suffered from everything from anxiety addiction depression I was still functioning still functioning in the world nobody knew this about me um I was a great actor and I suppressed all of that because I suppose the thing, and I feel very strongly about that, anyone who's suffering, is that, um you know, even in that, as much as we want to be there for other people, most people I knew couldn't hold, you know, yourself when you're in something very deep, you know, it's not something we can get support, but it was very hard, I could see, for people to be around me and that they just didn't know, they did their best. It's not a criticism, it was just, um, but it was a very, very... um difficult time so yeah the years went by I um, I had gone to Greece to live there and I ran away basically like Shirley Valentine in the book uh, found a, a different sort of life there for a year but it was running away I got into a relationship that was not healthy I was teaching English there but it, it was what I needed it was survival mode you know we like you do what you need to do and then I came back and it was interesting I sort of came back full circle when I came back to Ireland I got a job back in Galway where I had left when I was born where I was born and I ended up back here in 2005 Um, I worked in the university here I worked with young people which I loved I worked with teenagers one of my greatest joys um, ever and it's something I'd love to go back to in some form Um, but again it was a life of I sort of feel that I was still in, let's say, that tamed, domesticated within the system, sort of like the like the like Elsa the Lion Cub, you know. Sort of, there was something was like my spirit was calling to me, that you know, and I didn't really know what was going on. So I was getting more and more burnt out. I was getting more sort of depressed. I don't know if I was depressed on and off, depressed but anxious, very flash just felt very very um yeah not not in a good place and ultimately my work kept me going for a number of years but that also started to uh, feel quite empty because I had, you know, I was meeting a lot of young people with a lot of hopes and dreams and they wanted to do lots of different things and I worked at a university in the message in Ireland I don't know if it's the same in the States it's so competitive to get into university
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it's not for everybody but that was my role to talk to them and I found myself feeling very disillusioned like I could just see the light go out of their eyes going oh, my parents won't pay for me to do this I have to do that and so I just didn't feel comfortable talking that way to them, so all of it, all of this, it was building like to a crescendo, and a number of things happened. I had um, a car accident a year before my diagnosis, and to me that was literally I was brought to a standstill. Like just, um, I remember the level of anxiety and stress. So I was getting lots of little warning signs, and you know, and I think life always does. I would say that to anyone, you know, to pay attention to the, to everything. Everything is happening for a reason I have I can say that 1000% in my life I have no doubt I would have been careful saying that I say it for me I don't say it for anyone else but um I absolutely have no doubt like um, Wayne Dyer I don't know if you ever heard of Dr Wayne Dyer the Mm -hmm. lovely uh passed away I loved his writing, and he wrote a book I can see clearly now in his 70s And I loved it because he talked about, you know, we never know. You know, he looked back at his time when he was in an orphanage when he was three or four. And he said um, even then he was doing that work that the young children that were coming in, he was cheering them up and saying, Oh, it's great here. You don't have to worry about parents. We can do what we like. And even then he had that outlook and I just thought, wow, you know, the training ground, he was in his, and that, and, I, and I, I see that in my own life as well. Everything was preparing me and is always preparing us for our next step and our next stage. And so everything that I had been through was preparing me for when, when cancer sort of arrived on my door to me. So I had that car accident. I'll just quickly, yeah, that was a year before, stopped for about a month I had a bit of a breakdown I I believe I don't know what a breakdown was like other than I couldn't function mentally um it was like this if someone rang me there was a fizzing sound I couldn't process things I didn't understand it but I got through it and straight back on the treadmill again go 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 because I didn't know what else to do um you know I sort of see like we, we something happens to us as we go outside the city system and then we're patched up and we're expected to get back onto the treadmill again so and I did that there was a lot of things that happened I had another I had a very powerful experience with the healer where even just before the car accident I had a lot of this stress that I didn't know all of this suppression of years was starting to bubble to the surface and it was like it was saying no no can't you know can't bury this any longer you can't run from it any longer and what say I think what saved me or helped me going into the cancer experience was I had got into a very difficult relationship as well as someone who was a very narcissist is the only way to describe it, but very challenging. And I really didn't know what was going on at the time. And I ended up, someone recommended I see this healer. I went to this Reiki and other things. And when I left his room and the next day, literally for a month, I had this tsunami of release of emotion every day. It just came on me and I, I didn't know what was happening and I had to ring him. And he said, your higher self, you've agreed you're, you're ready to start releasing some of this. You don't need to understand what's going on. You just need to let this out of your body. It's, you know, it's going to kill you. And um, so that happened. And it was amazing. I said to him, but I can't stop it. It's, it's literally, ha- I have no control over it. And he said, just ask that it happen when you're not working. You know, that's when you're on your own. And I did. And from that day on, it only ever happened when I was on my own. It was amazing. That was a month of literally helping me clear some of the old trauma so yeah and then after that car accident yeah went back to work and then not surprisingly eight ten months later i found a lump um on my right breast and then i went to the gp and yeah diagnosed with breast cancer and i have to say i i I, everybody's experience is different but after I got over the initial shock, you know, when you hear these words, like any words that are life changing like that, the the strangest thing happened. It actually I felt relief. Relief is the only way I can describe it. I just went, I can stop. I can stop. I, I, I just couldn't do. I sort of knew if if my life had to continue in the way it was for much longer, you know, something else was going to happen. So my overwhelming feeling of, was of relief. I know that that may not be the case for anyone else, um, but you know what it was, it, Brian as well. It was really interesting. But the first time in my life, as if my life made sense, I thought everything was just randomly. What is all this that's happening to me? Why am I experiencing such pain? Why am I finding it difficult? Why am I feeling burnt out? And it was basically I was being shown this is you are not living the way you you are meant to live. You you know we all come here. My sense is with the with a spirit and a soul that wants to express itself and shine brightly like your daughter. And you know, some of us it takes longer, you know. I I was like sort of suppressed for so so long. And I, I think there's a cost. There, there's a cost to that suppression of the human spirit in whatever form it happens to you. And at some point, you know, if we go back, even I often think pre-COVID and and people say, oh, I'd love to be back the way it was. And I go, well, it wasn't so wonderful where I was. There was more people around me and young people and people on medication and depression and anxiety and homeless. And oh, my God, the problem. So and to me, they're they're a sign that this system, this staying in these, the system is not working. This is not how we were designed Um to live. So cancer for me, I call it was like the call to return to the wild, you know, like the the lion cub. This is, you know, we're giving you time. I got two years in 2016 where everything shut down, like obviously through the treatment, I had to go through all the chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery, but I always felt safe. I always felt held. I always felt this, this, um, this has to be for a reason. I, I never, I don't know how to say it, I no doubt. From the moment it happened, I just knew something something added up. And and how the greatest gift for me has been that in that silence, I went back to live in my own house. At that time, I had moved in with my mother, but I went back to my own house for a while. And I needed the quiet because I just couldn't process and be around people. And in that quiet where my mind shut down, my body shut down, something Cracked open is the only way to describe it. And I connected with this beautiful, spacious, alive, infinite, creative source, God, whatever. This just beautiful peace came over my life. Um, I had no idea what was what was next. I didn't I knew, you know, but in the same time, I had never felt more peace and supported and loved and guided, and and I think that's because. Everything I was going so fast and my mind was so fast that I couldn't connect with that aspect of myself. So it had to be shut down for me for a long period. Mm. Um literally nearly two years, um, because I had a lot of fatigue. I tried to go back to work. No, wasn't able. Tried again, nope. And I remember asking and I'd say, can I not go back? I was getting the answer. Nope, you're never going back. You know, I just there is no going back ever, isn't there? There's, there's no going back. Um, so that that was the start of something just um and I'm only really beginning to fully appreciate it, you know, when you're going through something. And at the same time, it was very traumatic. So it was all going on together. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't all I was sitting there going, oh, cancer is wonderful. It wasn't. It was very challenging and very difficult. But something else happened alongside. Both were happening side by side. It's, it was all in the one. And um, and so today now, even as I talk about it more, I feel the gratitude for that what I had to go through and I've had distance from it now. Um, So I will be eternally grateful. So it's it's changed me in every way. That was the, that was 2016. Mm -hmm. It, and after that, I suppose, what I found the most difficult, and I think many people definitely for cancer often say it's the transition, it's the period after, because in it, in the experience you are held in, in the sense of the system and that you're going through treatment and doctors and this. And then the first question was um, most people to me, Oh, great. So you're, you're, you'll be ready to go back to work. And I used to nearly get these panic attacks when I'd hear that like, Going back? Have you any idea of what I've been through? You know, and for going back into their old job may be the way for someone else. It just wasn't for me. And, but I found it very challenging because I had to. I was at a point where, okay, you have a choice here. We always have a choice. And I, and I know that. And I said, what's your, are you going to choose to go back? Which I knew I couldn't. So I said, no, I'm going to choose the unknown and I have no idea where this leads. I have no idea. I'm going to, how I'm going to make a living. I don't know anything, but I, I just know. Um, so all I did was really surrender into that. I asked for help. I had no sense of where this was going and um, what Grad. the first thing that got me on the path, I had never written anything. So, you know, that was not my life at all. Hmm. But something about the voice wanting to come through was quite interesting because I feel like when I went back, like I said to you at the beginning and watched Born Free, I related to that child again now. As in, "Ah, I found that place in me again, that place that I disconnected from all my life. I'm back there. And now I have a means of channeling this voice that I didn't as a young child. It was just, it I, I couldn't, it was very overwhelming. So none of this was conscious, but straight after um, that period of deciding I'm taking a break, at least from work, I can't for a career break, a friend that I hadn't seen in, and this is the power, I believe, when we ask for help, when we surrender into this unknown, you know, the leap of faith, I felt like I had to take, and I just... I asked. And um, one day, a woman, a a neighbor, not a neighbor, but someone I hadn't seen in about 20 years, I happened to bump into. And I told her a bit of my story. And she said, you know, there's a a lady nearby, an elderly lady running a course called The Artist's Way. It's a book by Julia Cameron. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a book on exploring your spiritual approach to creativity. And it's helping. It's for everyone. But mm-hmm. my first reaction was, that's not, sure, I'm not an artist, I, I can't do that. And she said, no, 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 it's not about that, it's really about helping you get in touch with yourself, you know, it'll be a really nice small group, and you'll have time, you know, you've time now to do this. So I did, and that was the first step on a new path that just, I have been shown the step, the next step, the next step, the next step, the next step every day. But that was the very first, because mm-hmm. I went to that course, I met the most wonderful group of women that i was in and we used to be in her meeting her uh, house by the sea every week and we worked through exercises you do things like journaling and unconscious writing uh, you go on an artist date, it's like you go on a date with yourself and you sort of do something nice. So there's lots of different exercises to help you get in touch with that, that aspect. And it was she, that lady after about six months said to me, you know, you're talking a lot when we meet about how cancer has changed your life and all you are learning and, you know, all the good out of it and the positive. And, you know, you could really help people. Have you thought of writing anything? And I said, no, not never." And then um, we had a coffee and I came home and obviously she was sent to me as we're always sent aren't we? people who were always sent uh, different messengers and guides. And I came home and I just knew get my laptop out, sat down at my laptop and I don't know what came out. But basically, I sat there for six months and the end the end result is this book. And. Um, but really what it started as was just a way of processing, you know, what's going on here? What am I learning?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it came down, it, it literally came through me in chapters, is the only way to describe it. I just get a title and I go, okay, I have to write about that. And I'd start. And uh, yeah, I wrote a draft of this book back in 2017, long before we entered into COVID. Mm-hmm. And what's quite interesting Sorry, now I don't know if you want to stop me and ask a question because I'm. Uh, I no, can just ahead. bring you maybe just bring you up to you yeah, when the book was published, how yeah, it got to that stage. Yeah, keep, and yeah, keep going. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, so I had a draft of that book, didn't know what to do. i never published a book, never written a book. I found, asked a lot of people, found a self-publishing company in Galway. Here, went to meet the lady who owns the company, and she's great. Yeah, you you can write, but would you think of writing fiction? I looked at her like fiction it's my life story like what am I doing writing fiction mm-hmm. and I don't really understand what happened there but I well I do and I don't um I didn't definitely at the time but it was obviously a timing thing the book was not ready to be published it was too soon I had literally just come through the experience mm-hmm. and it was down on paper so I said I don't know anything about writing fiction but I've nothing else to do so okay I left her Office. I drove home and I started hearing all these little voices in my head, like characters. So I went and wrote, wrote a book of fiction, and it's called The Tapestry of Life. So I self-published that first book, and I really needed to write that book because the book ended up being about three generations of women living in Galway. I picked my hometown as the place, and mm-hmm. how their lives—they come into each other's lives over a period of two weeks, and how they change each other, and it's sort of. Echoes the idea of the tapestry of life. We are all essential pieces of the tapestry that makes up, you know, the universe and life. And we never know, you know, we all need each other. Who knows? In the next, for that thread meets another thread, and and um, so that was something really. And I suppose it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about writing. It taught me a lot about publishing. It taught me a lot about the importance of community in my life and who I surround myself with, which I'd never been conscious of. Um, so I'm very consciously surround myself now with people only who lift me up and are, you know, um, for my highest good. A, a very a, that's been a very a no a big shift in my life. So that that happened, and I launched that in 2019. And then I thought, okay, I'll go back to this book. And I started back into editing it and writing to publishers all over the world. And then uh, John Hunt Publishing in the UK offered me a contract. And then we went into lockdown. So I spent 2020, you know, the timing. I spent all of 2020 editing and finishing it. And it came to another level because Gifts from the Devastation, the title... Cancer was one of my devastations, but the point being is we all experience devastation. You've experienced devastation, everyone in some form, some tougher than others, some more than others. Um, And then we all went into a collective devastation, I believe, with with that lockdown. And, And a lot of the lessons, I've said it to so many people, I was very grateful when we went into lockdown, it didn't change my life at all. I know for some people it was quite a dramatic and traumatic time. But I virtually had been in my own quarantine or lockdown for two, three, four years. So, mm-hmm. you know, something in that. So that really helped me, I suppose, build some of those lessons into the book. And I I believe there is a reason why it's being launched now. And it wasn't launched two or three years ago, because I do think there's a lot of devastation in the world on many levels. So my hope is that, yeah, it can it can help anyone maybe who's
0: who's going through that in their own life. Yes. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, you you talked about your coming into the world and and being more open and being, you know, chatty and, and, and talking Mm. and, 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 um, you know, you, you've referenced a couple of pieces of art and I love music and art, the way it it kind of reflects life. So there's a song by a group called earth, wind and fire love called Mm. that's the way of the world. And it talks about how we're born pure child of gold. And then, the world imposes itself on us. And I don't know if this is just in Western society or that's the only society I know of, but it's other societies too, I know, but they say you have to be something else. You have to be someone else. And it also reminds me of uh, there's an album by a group called Pink Floyd, the wall. Mm. And the whole album is about, you know, this just poor kid. Everybody's like, you have to be like this. You have to be like this. And he builds this wall around himself. And I, I hear you in your story, how you have to adapt to this. Um, And, and there, I don't know if it's universal because I I just relate so much to your story, but I think other people, maybe they just shut down and they're just Mm -hmm. unconscious of the fact that they're, they're not happy in this world, but it is, it's, it's, there's a lot of unhappiness. Um, Mm -hmm. So as you were talking about that, I was like, I was right there with you. I understand what you're saying, but we put on, we put on a mask and we go out and we get by and everybody assumes as long as you can function, as long as you're, Mm a cog in the wheel and you're doing your job um, Then everything's okay
1: we'll get back to grief to growth in just a few seconds did you know that brian is an author and a life coach if you're grieving or know someone who is grieving his book grief to growth is a best-selling easy to read book that might help you or someone you know people work with brian as a life coach to break through barriers and live their best lives you can find out more about Brian and what he offers at www.grieftogrowth.com, www.grief the number 2 growthcom com, or text growth g r o w t h to 31996. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com/grieftogrowth. www.p n.com Slash G R I E F, the number two, G R O W T H, to make a financial contribution. And now back to grief to growth. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called fan mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast you can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back. And I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number, unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we are so much more than cogs in the wheel. Like, you know, that's, 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 that's it. I, I really believe whatever going on in the world and it's 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 pretty chaotic right now i do believe it's part of us collectively returning to something very true in ourselves as a humanity not just individually because we cannot sustain um and i think the big i don't know if you um i was listening to some i listened to lots of different uh sort of teachers and spiritual people astrologers and everyone i you know anything sort of metaphysical and about life but you know they talk about we're moving into the age of aquarius and out of the age of pisces right now you know over the coming years and the age of pisces was very much the age of single rule very male dominated authoritarian you know um, and the people looking up to one percent person. aquarius is about each person stepping into their own sovereignty their individuality but being part of the whole like that's unity that we still honor and respect everybody's unique expression and creativity i think that's something that has been missing we've been encouraged to compete well i was all my life always compete 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 mm-hmm. um and i've joined what's really saved every so many things have saved me throughout the, you know and, and led me on my path but in the last six months i joined a course called um a wonderful man he's an english man living in ireland mark ashwood and he he's a spiritual seeker art entrepreneur and he's really about helping people bring their gifts to life in the world and often as he says and I know it's very true often people who are not maybe as cut out for the corporate world find it hard to make a living and bring that gift into the world so he runs a beautiful course um and he has some uh, scholarships on it as well and it's really about helping you take that gift or idea that you have in your heart or mind and bring it to the world and how to do that because he has all the technical skills and the business skills as well, like mm-hmm. years and, um, and, and and become financially sovereign. That would be the hope that we move into that sort of a, uh, and it's, it's a group I've never, the big shift I've noticed in these people is everybody, there is no competition. There's only love. It's a really loving community of everybody just wants to see each other shine. And I've noticed when you start to do that, you realize wow, I really benefit from that person as being the best they can and, and sharing their gift with the world because I get yeah. the benefit of that and vice versa. You right. know, why Why compete with that person and try and do better than them? I'm not them. There's nothing. That was the biggest um, biggest thing I learned. It was like a, a moment for going, um, yeah, there, there is no one. Like, there's no one who can offer what, what I can offer. And there's no one that can offer what that person can offer. Like, we are so unique and he always says to us, you know, the market isn't saturated because you're not in it. And that I think is lovely. It's like there is space. We need everyone. We need everyone shining you know. brightly, don't we? That's that's my vision. If if I could hopefully translate or encourage that in people, that's my vision of each of us shining our light. I mean what a world
0: we'd live in. And absolutely. we
2: allowed each other to do it.
0: Yeah <laughs> absolutely you know, as you, as you talked about the age of Aquarius, and I've heard that, and I've heard it since I was a child, I remember the fifth dimension of the song called the age of mm-hmm. Aquarius. And I'm like, yes, yes, bring it on. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. when are we going to get there already? Um, but I, as I think about that, you know, our our, our individual journeys are microcosms of, I think, are, as mm-hmm. our journey as as mankind. So we go mm-hmm. through similar things. And unfortunately, human beings, the reason for a time, of my podcast, grief to growth, we tend to learn through pain. And you talked about it, even in your life, it's like our higher self is, it's nudging us, right? It's just sending us these little things like the car accident, you know, like things that Mm -hmm. happen to us that that the kind of, it's kind of blocking our path and trying to send us another way, but we just press through, we just keep going. And I see humanity right now. And I'm wondering, and I'm hoping that all the tragedy that we see going on and all the turmoil is going to prompt us to a tipping point where we choose something different. And, and that's mm-hmm. that's what I hear. I think that you're kind of you kind of believe that also. Yeah,
2: I feel that. And I I think what it's bringing us back to this whole idea of sovereignty that I knew nothing about is that, you know, and they always say it, there is no knight on a, you know, on a horse or someone coming to save us. This is us as humanity. So like you said, the microcosm, I was thinking about that recently, you know, going on, looking at I'm back living with my mother in the last two years now. And that's been quite a full circle healing experience and i'm going yeah everything that's going on in the world sometimes it feels like it's going on under this roof and i'm sure it is under everybody's roof Mm because we're all we're all another big part sorry of this experience for me and i think we're seeing it play out in the collective and i definitely have personally is the release of trauma so it's the big gift for me was coming back into my connection with who I really am and finding my creativity, connecting with my intuition, being in my body. And I think that's key. Everything I listen to tells me the way we experience and process our lives as human beings is meant to be in our body. But most of us have so much trauma a lot of the time we're up here. And I was a lot of time up in my head, navigating life in this way and so disconnected, disconnected from others. And I see it now, I, I, I've released, I do a lot of work around that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is your magic, um, your magic tool, almost the more it's challenging and depending on the level of trauma, but with the right support and the right practices. I'm doing it every day now. I do it with the breathwork practice. And there's, all, you know, it's, uh, what do they say? There are big traumas, but trauma can be just any emotion that was never processed fully through at any stage in your life. So the child that wasn't heard or was shut down or and they just stop. You know, often we act out of that trauma, don't we? Like years later, you could be 50 or and you're still acting out of that trauma when someone says something to you. So I think that's the power, the power I'm finding where I'm finding my power. in My life is the more I'm releasing the trauma, the more I feel I'm able to come into my body, the more I really connect in and I feel that connection to the greater universe, God, I can feel it like that life force just powering through me, which I never did. And my creativity, all of those, they're all wrapped up together. And then when I think as humans, that's what we're meant to be. This is, this is the real human. I wrote a chapter at the end of the book called a new age, a new kind of human. And I think that is, if you want to call the other fifth dimension, the world where we are going to create this, that that's, I've often said that too, I hope it's going to happen, and people say, but no, it is up to us." so in my life, I have to be that, I have mm-hmm. to be the person who's doing the work, because that's, what, isn't that what's happening collectively, all this trauma, I really believe this is the shadow side of humanity being exposed, and it's horrendous, and most of the time, you just want to go, no, I can't look at this, I can't deal with it, yeah. like I did in my life, I did a lot of my life, like, I can't look at this, no, it's too much, it's too painful. Right. Um, isn't it and nobody tells you that it's pain well whatever pain i had is that I, i'm not saying it can always end but you can it being stuck in you if there isn't it it's just if if, if, you, if you don't do some work in trying to move this energy through it can kill you but it can move and it, it can be yes so painful um yeah. isn't it i i mean i i don't think there's another way i haven't found another way um
0: Well, talk a little bit more about what you mean by being in your body, because I've heard that before, Mm. and I think some of Mm. my listeners might have heard that before. So what does that mean? Talk about that a little bit.
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. wwwgriefthenumber 2 slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I didn't really know what that meant. <laughs> and what got me back into my body? Okay, the, the biggest way I describe it is, um, so say if you t- think of your attention or awareness, I was mostly... I suppose it's the movement from head to heart and I know that sounds very what does that mean um in a very physical level just by even coming into my body sitting grounding at a very basic just starting out you know grounding your feet into the floor like feeling your physical body so taking your attention from your head and up there and literally lots of practices you you know people can do to bring you down into each level so you can start to feel I think that's it's really about feeling and they always say our body is our body is really our GPS or our tool for navigating life because we're a spirit in a body If, if that's what you understand it's what I understand in my life so this spirit has chosen to be in this body and it you know, it has to be in a body because we're on Earth. So how does it speak to me other than really through what the body, you know? So to me, how I see the body now is it's like my antenna into my, into the universe or source. So everything I need answers with, I find in my body and it's all energy. So if we think of everything in life as energy um What I'm very guided by now is, okay. so I do the exercises to sort of could be breath work. It could be putting my feet on the ground, going out into nature is incredibly grounding, really Mm -hmm. brings you back into your body. Breath is very powerful because breath is breath is what keeps us alive. You know, we are so breath. That's our life force moving through us. So I would have a lot of practices that help me just focus on the breath, just even that, just focusing on the breath, that's being in your body because you're Mm -hmm. concentrating on the breath in your body and as you do that what normally happens if you're a normal human being usually at some point some pain will come up in trauma and we'll go okay don't like it in the body up again up to my head run around busy and we go in you know back into that state which is again very disconnected so doing what i call trauma work alongside that is really important Mm -hmm. um because it's very difficult to be in your body if you've all this energy and energy is just energy stuck in the body that's just what emotion is so if we're not processing and it's an ongoing um what would I say practice for me but it's a lot easier now because I've cleared a lot but I could go out today now after this and say I have an interaction with someone on the street or someone shouted at me and I could shut down and go oh my gosh and run away and really get angry or you know stuff that down now if I don't feel what that was like even later that energy starts to get stuck and it just starts there then I might have another interaction and I bring that memory to the next one and then I add to it and I add to it and we don't even know I didn't know but my body was very heavy I had lots of different um what's the word my body feels lighter now I feel very grounded but I feel lighter you know that feeling of and I'm sure like when I was in deep grief after my marriage and I mean, I was just—I felt nothing. Um, but it, it's, I, th- yeah, that 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 being in the body, I think, is your key to navigating your life in a way that is right for you, not in a way that someone else tells you. Because we, if we look around the world now, like you said earlier, you know, when in the systems or that song when they say about, um, you know, we're say moulded or whatever into something that maybe doesn't feel right for us. Then what happens is we're disconnected from our own power. So we trust that was the age of Pisces. So then we look to someone to say, OK, right. what should I do? Because right. I've no I've and I see this in a lot of people I know right now. They're so disconnected from themselves. If, if someone said to them, you know, stand on your head and, you know, you will get over COVID or something like that. They would probably do it. You know, there's there's this sort of And I'm not blaming people. It's just this is what is this is the type of. Yeah, this Piscean Age, the systems, this totalitarian sort of, you know, authoritarian. Um, but once, that's why I found the whole last two years much easier, because I had sort of been coming back into residence. You know, when you talk of residence, that's listening to your energy. So mm-hmm. if you said something to me and I felt quite something in my body, so that's not OK, I need to trust that. We have been trained to ignore that and go, Oh no! Okay, I have to accept it. He knows more than me, and this is about being your body. Your body says no. That is not okay for you because we're each. This is like being a sovereign, unique, individual person with your own connection to your source, and right. you, we're all just different expressions of our source. You know that decided. That's how I see it. That God decided to come down and play, and there's in, in billions of different. Who's it that the spiritual teacher Ram Das says every treat everyone you meet like God and drag and i love that cuz yeah. you know every single one
0: of us aren't we yeah you know it's I, you were saying about we we're, this whole things about things happening for a reason and i truly believe that so this morning i happened to be on my i walk every morning so i was on my walk and youtube video came up and it was about this whole thing about different types of people and how this guy his, his argument is that we're, we're most of us are fake he said most of most of us are fake people we're not being our true selves so he, he talked about like five different types of people it's just what you were just saying people that go to religion for their authority or to the government and they just do whatever they tell them to do or people who are still listening to their parents that might be adults like we are but our parents voice is still in our head or people who it's it's all about whatever their peers think they do whatever whatever everybody around them whatever is popular with them uh, then there are people who are basically like outside the system and just don't function well, because they just have given up on everything. And then he mm. talked about a fifth type of person, which is what we're talking about is that autonomous person who mm. has their own personal sovereignty, who mm. says, Okay, I'm I'm going to listen to other people, their their opinions mm. are interesting, their opinions are valuable, but they don't tell me what's right for me. And mm. I'm, I'm hoping I, I'm seeing this more with the with the next generation, I have a 25 year old daughter. So mm. I see it more with their generation. Unfortunately, a lot of it comes from despair because they look at the world and they say it's just not working. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, you know, the YOLO mm-hmm. is the big thing now. You only live once, so we're just going to go out and live our lives. Oh, okay. But I, I'm that. hopeful that they'll that they'll learn to start taking some of that that power, you know, back. And um, mm-hmm. and your story is just so you know, it, it's about that. And mm-hmm. I think our, our higher self. I do want to ask you this question because. Um, again, we're all, it's all about things happen for a reason. So I I interviewed a woman on my podcast not too long ago and her daughter was in a devastating accident that left her brain damaged and, and, you know, not functioning very well. And she said, I hate when people say everything happens for a reason. She's like, I I just, I, I don't believe that, you know, I don't totally reject Mm. that. Um, my feeling is more like yours. So my question to you is when did you, when did you come to this, this conclusion that everything happens for a reason?
1: When did I come?
2: And like you said, it is a little. I'm very conscious every time I say that. I say that always from my perspective. I can never. And I always make that clear to people. I'm not just casually going around telling everybody who's been through some horrendous tragedy. Oh, it all happens for a reason. I don't mean it in a real, um li, you know, um trivial and a light sort of way at all. Mm-hmm. It was. It, I mean it in a really serious, um, in kind a of serious way, but. The way it came to me, how would I describe it? I, I can't even describe, say, when. It, it very quickly, because nothing had made sense in my life for so mm-hmm. long. And mm-hmm. the diagnosis made me think all of these things are connected. Finally, I'm getting evidence that everything's connected because I felt like I was dying inside. And I mm-hmm. literally was. To me, cancer was creative energy because we are create this is this is so new to me as well this idea of creativity i thought creativity was about you know people who were artists and careers at artists and the rest of us you know you just got on with your job um but what i wonder understood from it is we are creative energy that's what we come from this is what all of the universe is so we that can appear in many ways but we have to express and so the idea that I was dying inside, and then something happens to say, yes, you are dying inside. Look at we're showing you, what's this? What 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 is cancer other than something growing inside you? And I talked about being suppressed. So I sort of I, I can just remember one day in the car, I remember taking my hands off the steering wheel going, I don't know, I just know I have to let go. And I think there is something in the letting go, um, not trying to figure out, because you can't figure these things out, um, things like that something just let go and i and i really believe that when i let go something greater took over is all i can describe it and it's sort of been rippling out in my life since it's it's and it's so gentle and it's so what do they call it an infinite unfolding i can't even sometimes put words on it but i look back on a on a day or a period and and, and i suppose i just have to keep asking myself because i'll revert to my old habits and something Mm. difficult happens and i go okay what if i was to look like what if i just behave like this is happening for me if i was to believe that even if i don't what would what would i do differently or how would i you know even trying to just get my it's like they say if you get a different perspective on a picture on the wall what if I can just try for a moment, even if I don't believe it, just try and look at this in a different way. Right. Don't have to stay there. Um, it's a very, isn't it? I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's different for everyone. I've met people who've been through, I'm sure you have sometimes have been through horrendous things and are still in it and very angry. And, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but, you know, and then I meet others who, You know, just uh, blow my mind at how they've come through something so difficult. I I sort of feel there's a divine timing in everyone's life. I I, like you talked about your daughter coming and, you know, some people come and they come and they shine brightly for a short time. I've seen that with other people I met in my life. Mm -hmm. They just shone so brightly, like unbelievably so. And then they were gone and then others, I feel it's taken me a long time to start shining my light, so I'm around here a bit longer because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. I wasn't shining for a long time, so you know i I really do believe I chose this I chose this path in this lifetime I've no doubt i i um and I chose that there would be struggle, and I chose that because, like you said, you know we don't maybe maybe some people don't have to go through pain to to grow, but grief to growth, as you said, but I haven't met too many of them. I think anyone who's done any major growth. Um, because they, it, it's like there's a saying, it's another writer, I think Pema Children, she talks about the breaking apart. So sometimes at the breaking apart, she talks about pain. And if we don't let it break us apart, we become brittle to life, we become hard, we become, and then there's nothing, you know. But it nearly has to break us open. It's in the breaking open that we find something even more beautiful that maybe that i would see that 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 experience was maybe the gift it was trying to give us as hard as it was they wanted to show us this beauty that they um i see uh, that's how i try to look at it that um even in my own like my father passing i go he he. uh i was very close to him i mean he was much older and it was a natural death and everything it was still painful but there was something in what i discovered as a result of his death you know that we never lie because i know that Cause I'm always, I'm always talking to him. He's always with me, and he's um, like even the other day, just to give an example, I I say it to people who are very skeptical, and I walk by the sea every day. And mm-hmm. one day I was walking and he's always with me. And I said to him, I said, Dad, just for the fun of it, will you just do something really obvious that you're here? And I was walking and walking and then nothing. And then eventually I was close back to my car and a bird just this never happened. Swooped in, literally came that close to my face and across out uh, to, And it was right up the road where I used to walk. It just went up there. And wow. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. thank you. And um yeah.
0: Well, you know, the thing is, I, um, and I do happen to agree with you, I'm not dogmatic about it. And I can't prove mm-hmm. it to anybody. It, it is a belief that everything happens for a reason. And you can look around the world. And you could say, well, look, what's happening. It's clearly random. And, and that's and I can't argue with that from a rational point of view. But it, like you, I'm like, well, just try on the idea that everything happens for a reason and see how that mm-hmm. how that works out for you and see if it makes sense to you. Yeah. And, and the older we get, I think, the more we look back in life when it first happens to us it's like well clearly this is not for a reason or, or mm. i hear people say i would never choose this you know mm. and and then as we get a little bit further down the road we can say oh well now i see how this connects to that and i'm like i love your analogy mm. of, of the tapestry and mm. i heard an analogy of tapestry that it took it to like another level they're like when you're living in this world. It's like you're looking at the backside of the tapestry. So when you look at the backside of a tapestry, it looks like just a mess of colors, it makes no sense whatsoever. Mm. But when we cross back over, and we turn the tapestry over, we can mm. see how everything is woven together in, in a pattern that mm. makes sense. Um, and your book, you know, I just I love when people sit down and I, I did this with a client, where are actually, um, I don't know if she ever write a book or not, but she just hired me, we did several sessions. She just told me her life. She's like, I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to tell you my whole life story. And just her talking through her life story revealed to her how beautiful her life has been, Mm. even during all the times when she was poor and, you know, this happened and that happened. But how it tied into the next thing that came along.
2: Exactly. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that even that I hadn't thought of it that way. But that process, every time I think back now, and it's even such a joy, and I'm so grateful to even be able to talk about it here because it is that. You go, wow, it's amazing, really, how... If I had was went to design my life, I would say that to people, look at what happened to you in the last few weeks. If you had tried to plan that, do you think you could have done as good a job? (laughs) Because, you know, often we think we know, you know when you say someone said to you something about, but I would never have chosen this. And you know, the you down here on earth probably wouldn't because you're limited... 3d person as they call us with limited mm. senses and consciousness of course you wouldn't you know because the true to me the true way to relating to life it's not we have our it was einstein this is a saying i think it was attributed to einstein said we um what did he say we have oh my god the rational mind is a faithful servant and the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and we have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift And I and I that always that that was the big shift for me. The mind is not where the answers are. Your mind is the tool of the intuition, which we have been taught to believe is just some or airy fairy in your intuition is your truth i mean you know if you go against your gut instinct or your intuition i know anyways i suffer greatly usually um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we've not been we've again it's back to the same thing we have not been encouraged to trust our own power and that leads to a bigger question well why and to my mind is well if you've everybody in the plan on the planet living according to their truth how can you control us and how can we don't need controlling but you know that, that that's a whole different and I think that's the world that that's the sort of world I want to live in and the types of people and communities I'm in now where and I do believe we'll end up living in more sort of smaller communities again and smaller sort of town councils and people coming together that the way we've been living is just um a lot of these people are not good i'm afraid to say <laughs> so yeah. Some very greedy powerful controlling people there who are not there, really there,
0: about us there are definitely people that want to control us some mm. some benevolent some not so benevolent you mm. know like you know our our mm. parents our families mm. you know when we start to shift when we start to get outside of the box that we were mm. that they put us in um, yeah. they're like, what's, what's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Why are you, why are you doing this? You, yeah. you talked about university, you know, here there's a huge pressure on kids to go to college when they graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear a few people finally starting to push back on this and saying that's not for everybody. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of great ways to make it, to make a living. Cause we, unfortunately we do have to make a living so far in this world, um, but mm-hmm. there's lots of great ways to do that. that don't have to crush your soul. Um, and mm-hmm. you don't have to go into the corporate world. I I couldn't make it in the corporate world. I just couldn't, I couldn't conform. So I got out about 30 years ago. Wow. Um, and I, I felt like you. at the time mm-hmm. it was kind of a, like a failure. Cause I was like, here's where I want to be, but I can't conform enough to get there. Um, so I've been doing my, my own thing for a long time. And that's, mm-hmm. that's me, right. That's, and that's kind of like you. you, you said, okay, mm-hmm. enough of this, because I, I know so many people and I look at them and they're, they're miserable. They're making lots of money. But they're they're not living the life they want to live. They're not they're not getting to spend time with their children or their families. Um, and, and I was just like, I I can't do that.
2: Yeah. And it does take living bra- I mean, that's another side to that, you know, when you say it. Um a lot of people would say that to me, Oh, I can't do it. And I used to think that, oh, I have a mortgage, I've this, I've that. But the minute you make the choice, and I've seen this, I call it the breadcrumb trail, you are shown every step of the way, but you are not given, you know, it would have been nice for me if, after cancer, someone said, "Oh, I'm guaranteeing you in two years or whatever, right. um, this will happen." No, I didn't get any of that, and I'm not saying I've reached any great level of success in terms of my old life, but in terms of me being fulfilled and living my truth yes um and i still don't know where it's going but i've been shown every step and i and anything i remember reading something about that the next step is only ever lit up for you so where you got to keep that's why it's so important to stay present that's another part uh, another thing i've had to learn in my life is i create our creative energy and our intention and our action is what creates our life so if i'm out there going i wonder now what's going to happen in five years. Well, probably not very much or just more of the same. So me knowing that I'm shown the next step, I need to stay very much here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and writing taught me that because you've got to stay in it. You can't just jump out and go, I want the book published now. And who's going to do, you know, you have to write it first. So you've got to really be in it. And it's um, that was a good lesson for me. Um, so,
0: but yeah. we, you know, as you were saying, I was thinking about, we do that, we do that even to our kids. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? We ask mm. them that when they're five years old and they'd have no idea what's available. And, you know, and again, they graduate from college, you know, what do you, and my, my, my poor daughter, she's 25 and she just got her master. She's working. And I, I, I remember saying to her a few, a uh, couple of years ago, I'm like, stop worrying about where you're going to be in 10 years. And you go on a job interview, mm. where do you want to be 10 years from now? And uh, I said, you don't even know what opportunities are out there. So, you know, just focus on the next step. And ironically, she she gets her master's degree. She gets this great job. And then she's on LinkedIn. She's looking for another job. And this job comes up she's never even heard about. She didn't even know what it was. And it pays like 50% more than she's making right now. And she just started that new job on, on Monday. Wow. And I, I was and so the thing is, it's like we don't know what's available to us. Now, I went yeah. into engineering because I'm the kind of person I want to plan everything. And I want mm. to know what the next step is going to be. And I so I, I loved engineering because it's math, right? So I know it's going to mm. happen. And I've had to learn to just let go, to to take that next step and take that leap. And I ended up Has in it sales. worked out
2: better doing
0: that. Um, I I ended up going into sales, <laughs> and then I ended up when I couldn't hack the corporate world. I'm like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to start my own company, and I've been doing that for like uh, 20 years. 20 years this year. Huh. Uh, and it, it's worked out great, Put both my girls through school and my wife wow. and I are, you know, to the point where we can probably retire fairly soon. Um, and now I'm doing this. I did, I, you know, when Shana passed away six and a half years ago, no clue I would be doing this, um, but just started doing some volunteer work. And a friend of mine said, you should take a life coaching course. I was like, I don't know why you would say that, but I did. And uh, now I'm doing this and, and life coaching and And this is like, I feel like this is what I'm here to do. So I'm Mm kind of like you, I'm 60. So I'm just now starting to do this, but, uh, uh, I feel like this is what I'm, what I'm here to do. And I think, I think my, our higher selves, God, universe, whatever you want to call it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: gently, and sometimes not so gently guides us into what we're supposed to be doing.
2: For sure. For sure. And you know, when you said that again, that's amazing. Um, like for anyone who's going, well, I don't believe that, which is absolutely fine. This is about being sovereign, as we said. So mm-hmm. that this is this is our each our own journey. So, but at the same time, I haven't met anyone who's help, decided to hold that perspective in life and regretted it. <laughs> right. And I can say for sure, I haven't. So it's definitely. All I would say that I've said it in the book, if you're struggling and everything you're doing is just not working out for you, why not just try it? Just just give it a go. What have you got to lose if life Mm -hmm. is so hard for you right now? Um, Life was hard for me for years. It really felt this. Oh, my God. But i was holding on so tight and it was mm-hmm. what i needed to do i'm mm-hmm. sure i could have learned things much faster but i didn't and i held on i've got i realized how strong i am i've got a lot of stamina because yeah. i withstood. Yeah. you know kept coming another thing another thing no i'm here um <clears throat> and and i generally didn't show it that's why if i said it to people they'd what? um And that takes a certain amount of energy. So when you think of the life force, I always try to think of now of our creative life force energy. What could you be doing with that if you weren't using it to sort of just, you know, um, in order to keep this uh, image up all the time? Mm -hmm. And I, I believe there's a breaking point. Well, I think there's a breaking point in the world, right? No, definitely. And I think that is this breaking of the human spirit. There is a point where humanity, it's just God, universe, whatever is going no. This ain't this. This is not what you're here to do, and this mm-hmm. is not how, who you are. You're not slaves or robots. You are magical creatures here to do amazing things, aren't we? Yeah, um, and it's happening.
0: Yeah, I, I believe it's our collective consciousness. I believe Ooh. that we have we have an individual consciousness, and there's I a collective think. consciousness, and that's that's what everything is, and it's all yeah. part of that. So, as, as you talked about yeah. us creating, we are co-creators of the world yeah. that we live in. So when we look outside in the world and we don't like what we see, that's that's a reflection of our mm-hmm. inner tor- inner turmoil that's going on. Absolutely. Um And uh, you know, hopefully we'll and I and I hopefully we'll get to a tipping point where enough people believe like you and I do, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe that's what we're here for. I believe we're here yeah. to to encourage that. So um, yeah. I love that you stepping into your into your role. And I, you know, it's funny I was talking with someone on, on an interview and and we're saying we're talking about free will and choice and. I jokingly said I don't have a choice and she goes, Well you do. And I'm like, well, I do and I don't. It's like because it's my nature. So mm. I I might have a choice, but I i really don't. Um and I think it's the same thing with you. It's like mm. your your higher self is saying, okay, Celine, this is it's time. It's time for yeah. you Yeah. And it's
2: the higher choice. I mean yes you know and and it's funny i would never have used those words but dislikes i don't know if you feel it but i and i know that's why there's a timing around my book and i know we have to be ready and often you think you're ready before you're ready like Mm -hmm. i used to think why didn't the book come out three years ago and i remember i was working with the spiritual healer at the time a chiropractor beautiful woman she called but she calls herself or she is a spiritual midwife and i love that term and Mm. i worked with her throughout cancer treatment and she helped me basically birthed this new version of me into the world like I couldn't have done it without her and that's how I got the title from the book because every time we worked together at the end of the session um she'd say to me let's um we'll ask that you integrate the learnings of this experience and that you carry only the gifts and and that was just beautiful I just thought yeah that's what you want to do whatever it's been that has difficult and traumatic that we learn and we integrate it we leave behind the trauma and all the other aspects of it and we just carry the gifts and we can share that with the world because you can't share it if you're stuck i was stuck in trauma for years you know then then something comes alive and it's like this this is the gift like what you're doing for the world now is like you know you can't push a value on that it's amazing
0: you know it's funny because right before you uh, you were taught you mentioned the Einstein quote. I was looking through the the notes that you'd given me and I, I just read that. And then I was just reading the quote that you had read uh, from your from your chiropractor. Let's ask that you carry All on.
2: right. <laughs> Let's ask
0: that you carry only the gifts of the devastation.
2: Yeah. And
0: and I say something similar to people I'm working with. I'm like, don't waste the pain. You know, yeah. you, you've gone through the pain. You can mm. hold on to the pain. You can hold on to the trauma. Or you can turn that in even if you don't believe it was a gift. And I don't believe my daughter passing away was a gift. So mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. When we use this language. People misunderstand it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that was a gift, but it means no. I can turn that into something else. And I, and that's yeah. my choice. Yeah. So it, you can choose to believe that everything happens for a reason, which I do, or you can choose. Mm-hmm. You can make it into a reason. You can, you can make yeah. that your reason for something else. It can inspire you to, to do something else. And yeah. It, we have yeah. this tendency to want to go back to what we were before, like you said, people. When are you going to get back to work, Celine? Mm. Um, when are you know? When are we going to get back to the way things were before COVID? That's wasting mm. the pain. You know, mm. that's not. That's not. Yeah, learning I love that. Yeah, I love
2: that. Wasting the pain, exactly. And you know, and I even in saying that title, I wrestled with for a while because I knew putting it out there, people might go, "Oh my god, like that's a bit." devastation and gift together Um, and I'm not saying cancer was a gift but there have been other gifts that have come as a result of it and the gift was in finding who I am and getting in touch with you know I I wouldn't change one moment but that's just of my experience I wouldn't want to go through it ever again but you know all you can do I that's how I felt I was very careful in how I wrote it I said here's all I'm doing here is sharing a perspective I'm sharing experience I'm sharing a story it has changed me for the better it has made my life worth living it has given me something beyond my wildest dreams and if we can do that for one person who reads it that's what I would wish but I'm not saying this is the way for everyone yeah. Um, and there's a lot of work in it too. Like you said, it's not. It's not. Um. I developed, and it's at the back end. I'm going to develop it more. One of the later chapters is about co-creating your life, and I developed because I trained as a life coach as well, but I haven't really got into using it. But mm-hmm. I might work more. I like to work maybe more as a guide, or maybe with people who've been through cancer, or maybe some other traumas. I'm mm-hmm. not sure yet. But one of the tools that I um and the, you know the way they do the wheel of life and coaching. Well, I developed this one. it's called Inside Out Living, and it's basically a wheel, and on it I've mapped sort of 10 aspects of your life that you do have, mm-hmm. um, let's say, control or power over, is maybe mm-hmm. a better word. And you basically, so everything from boundaries to um Oh, I had them all written down. There are so many of them. Yeah, there's your boundaries, um, your values, your intuition, your creativity, your belief, gratitude, mm-hmm. emotionally, how you process your emotions, your self-care. So there's a lot of things we do have, even just to take it into more practical terms. And I talk through it and I get people say, score yourself now. And it, obviously, like any wheel, it'll probably look, you know, maybe not look too good as a whole wheel and then start working on towards because they were all aspects of my life I had to work on it wasn't like this big aha moment I found God and everything's wonderful it wasn't that like it was I was still in the I had just taken a leap over a cliff and I was like oh my god what's going on so you have to don't you you have to I had to develop a lot of practices and tools and yeah And I still do and do a lot of work to sort of keep processing the emotion, keep, you know, conscious of my beliefs, not going back to old patterns. So there are things as well, even if you don't want to take that bigger picture, whatever that view of life is happening for me. Okay, but do you want to find a way of living life that maybe is a little bit easier for you to, that gives you some sense of participation in it you're not just a spectator you know the way they often say like do you want to be yeah. a spectator in your own life or do you want to get in the driving seat i mean i prefer to be in the driving seat
0: yeah i i do want to we're, we're running out of time but i i want to just finish this, this point up because i think it's really really important um this idea that when we say that everything happens for a reason can lead to what's called i call spiritual bypassing i'm hearing that term mm-hmm. more and more and i'm glad to hear people mm-hmm. saying that because it can be used to minimize the trauma, to minimize the pain, to escape. Uh, and a friend of mine who had a near-death experience and went through a lot of trauma, she just wrote something on Facebook yesterday that was really beautiful about we need to pull back from that too. We don't we don't mean that the, the pain is the, not the, the pain isn't real. We don't mean there's not real devastation in the world. yeah And even someone like you or I that might believe this, when we're going through it, we're prob- we're not going to sit there and go oh, yeah i'm really glad that i have cancer no. i'm really glad that my my loved one passed away in a, in a car accident i know mm. this is for my my higher good so i'm not going to i'm not mm. going to grieve mm. we're, we're not saying exactly. that at all right no
2: and i make that very clear in the book absolutely not that's why i put the word devastation in because it's not it's to try and not diminish the horrendous you know devastations people go through you mm-hmm. know um I think all we're trying to say or all I'm trying to say is here is a perspective and here is someone who is this is what helped me come through this. It still was so difficult. And I share the things I did going through it. So it wasn't like bang. It was a gift, not at all. Um, But as a result of going through it and feeling the pain and doing that work and. The hard stuff, you know, nothing worse, than, nothing, we don't say nothing worse. As I even, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I, there's nothing harder than sitting with the pain. Even now, there's days when something comes up and we all do it. Distract could be mm-hmm. just some an old, uncomfortable emotion. And I literally have to sometimes just haul myself over and sit down and go, you're going nowhere till you feel this. And I, I've worked with someone and I do it all the time with the, lots of different teachers. And they literally would just guide you in through your breath. And just feel it. And the big one, sorry, just one thing on that, because I think I used to fear, and I, I think a lot of people do, is that if they go into their pain, they'll get lost in it and they'll never come out and they will die. And I used to feel that. Um it isn't the case, but you have to the, the bit what's really helped me is and someone said it to me is, is let go of the story. Because the minute you start to feel it and you go into the story, it starts to get bigger again. You know, it's not moving. It's it's um and it's very difficult often not to do that, but this. This practice, anyways, I was doing. She helps you observe and just feel it. It's yeah. energy. Just see, it's energy. It wants to leave you. It wants to leave you. Yeah. It doesn't want you to be like you know in this pain anymore. It literally, it's the emotion and the energy from an experience that was devastating. But like you said, is it your pain? What is it? Don't let your pain. You would.
0: Don't waste the pain.
2: Don't
0: waste the pain. Yeah, yeah, and let it, let it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had I had someone say to me once, "I'm scared if I start crying, I'll never stop." mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Believe me, you will." There's there's something about the body, but but as you said, that that experience, that pain, it wants to be processed, and I think crying is a beautiful mm. thing. I've been working, I've worked mm. with people and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm crying. I'm like, I'm not sorry that you're crying. This is, yeah. a, you need to, you need to let that go through you. That's, that's, that's yeah. part of the process. And every, every time you cry, you feel better. You know, it's like,
2: absolutely. you, you yeah. always
0: feel better after you cry. So why not? Yeah.
2: yeah. I just, the definitely thing that has helped me is not to go back into the story as in, say I cry and I feel something. And then I could talk to someone on the phone and I go, Oh my God, I was, I, I let all that pain go, but it was to do with and i go back into the story Mm. and i create the energy again that was something i didn't know and i have to because it's very tempting when you're feeling it i don't want to feel this so i'm going to blame someone and it's the project out um so that but that that's a very powerful practice for anyone who's trying to process but i know there's lots of ways you can do it but and we need help i i needed a lot of help i'm not here saying any of this that I did on my own, I had such I luckily enough, I had no issue with asking for help. I just kept asking people for help all the time, yeah, support awesome. support, we need each other, you know, we really do. Don't we?
0: Yeah, we do. We, we're not meant to do this no. alone. Um, no. We're not. we we are connected, and we're designed to be connected. And we don't do well alone. Celine, I'm gonna uh, I hate to, to end this, but uh, I have to try to kind of keep it to an hour because sure. people have sure. short attention spans frankly sure. <laughs> but, uh, it's been <laughs> really lives. really great uh meeting you uh, i want to uh, give the name of your book again please so people and tell people where they can find it
2: sure i'll just show that picture but they can see it's gifts from the devastation what cancer taught me about life um and just to t- people know, So i have a website seleno I also have a link tree. If people are familiar, we're going into that link tree, mm-hmm. Selina Donovan, and all my links are on that because I've a YouTube channel as well, awesome. I'm on social media. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be nice to connect on a uh, uh on YouTube as well, as if you're uh, the the interview on it. But I recorded an audio. I mean, I, pro, I narrated and recorded an audiobook version of the book separate to the publisher because it felt something very. It was another layer of processing, I have to say, or of um deepening the lesson because it was ba- it was very interesting i narrated it at home and i was using my voice and my yeah. story always goes back to my voice so i've narrated and recorded it and it's being mastered at the moment so that's available as well for people who may not you know a lot of people sometimes don't have the time or want to read and they like maybe to walk and listen so um but all of those are on my website or Linktree, or they can connect on youtube um as well but if you go to my link tree you'll get all the links it's probably the easiest
0: you know i as you held up the book the cover reminded me of ukraine that is um, yeah is that a sunflower yes yeah 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 Yeah. very very much
2: Yeah. yeah yeah wow (laughs) <laughs> well i so like we, the sunflower yeah because yeah. It's, it, it's one thing about the sunflower just to say is it grows towards the light It likes to face the light and i thought that's nice that's yeah. what i need to remember in life
0: i love i love that cover um well again so good so good to meet you um so enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk soon
1: you too thank you so much brian thanks for listening to grief to growth brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and we'll come back for future episodes Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted, Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron head over to www.patreon.com grief 2 growth. That's patreo dot slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com.